Just before we get into today's episode, there is a quick trigger warning. We will be talking about eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image more generally. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of It's a Definite Maybe, a podcast for those of you who are just trying to figure it all out, with your co-hosts as always, Stella and Rosie. In this episode, we're talking about the apparent comeback of the heroin chic trend that's gotten us and a lot of other women pretty concerned. We'll talk about our reactions to a recent New York Post article that was released, the danger of seeing women's bodies as a trend, and our own experiences with disordered eating. Oh, Rosie. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. Where do we even begin with this one, honestly? We have anger. seen a, so much anger. Let's let's backtrack so a little anger. bit. Even though you will have just heard the intro, which tells you a bit about what we're going to be talking about in this episode. <laughs> so basically, for those of you who might have missed it, there was a recent New York Post article about big booties being out and heroin chic coming back into fashion and we were both so much outraged (laughs) shocked speechless no words honestly no words which is why we're doing a podcast episode about our thoughts (laughs) (laughs) it'll just be 25 minutes of silence thank you (laughs) but honestly we we saw this article and a bunch of celebrities posting about it and had to say something because honestly we've wanted to do an episode a little bit more in depth on body language for a while but haven't quite body language sorry body body, body image body image Thank you. for a I while I can't even think of the word <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've wanted to do an episode on body image for a while but haven't quite I don't know, just haven't quite felt called to what that episode would be like, if that makes any sense. Anyway, so this was a perfect opportunity for us to have a bit of a vent and hopefully connect with some of you guys who may have also seen this article as well. I don't really want to give it more airtime. However, we will link it in the show notes in case you haven't seen it and you want to read what started this whole thing. But essentially, it's this constant coming back to promoting really unhealthy beauty standards and holding women in particular to just awful, awful beauty standards. And this notion of body image and body shapes being trendy over time. Yeah, it's it's not a fad. I'm not a pair of jeans or like a mini skirt or low rise mm. denim. I'm a human fucking being. I know. Excuse my language, but like I'm so angry about this. And a lot of the content that we've seen from other people, for me, it was mainly Jamila Jamil, who is a very big advocate yep. for talking about eating disorders and disordered eating and mm-hmm. everything sort of like anorexia and a lot of things in that space. And something that she had just perfectly articulated was this idea of like bodies aren't trends we are here to be nourished we do not need to glamorize eating disorders and diet culture and i it it 
feels like we're back in like 2005 where we're just like, oh, oh my God, skinny's hot, skinny's cool. Where mm. I remember going through high school being complimented, oh, wow, you're so skinny. And it would almost be cool to be like, oh, I look fat. And then someone would be like, no, you're skinny. Yeah. And it's just like, why are we, why are we back here? It's 2022. I'm, I'm getting served so many ads. Like every second ad mm. on my TikTok is something called Beyond Body. And I refuse to give it airtime. I scroll past it immediately, but it's, mm. it's, I think, diet shakes or it's, you know, oh, well, I've gained a little bit of weight. Let's lose weight. And it's like promoting, you know, those like tummy tea, something like that. And I'm like, uh, this is so dangerous, especially to people who are younger and maybe aren't as educated on the long-term effects it can have. Mm. And it just, the the title of that article was so clickbaity and so unhealthy. I'm like, why is her- heroin chic cool? Why are we even talking about this? Why are we talking about women women's bodies like they are a fucking pair of low-rise denim that have come Mm. back into fashion. I know. It's insane. And for the audience members who are out there who lived through the early 2000s in particular but also the late 90s or the 90s generally and this whole heroin chic thing very much being in fashion then, it was Mm. all about being as skinny as you could possibly be. And in the media, celebrities were glorified if they basically had zero body fat. They were rewarded for being skinny. A hundred percent. And we have come such a long way as a society. And mind you, there may be certain times where the pendulum has potentially swung a little bit too far in the opposite direction. And Mm. there has been a lot of chatter online as well about certain larger bodies being glorified when, you know, there are serious health risks that come along with being a a Mm. really large person and people kind of diminishing that in the spirit of body positivity. But for a lot of society, we've reached a point now where we've done a lot of the processing. We have overcome those feelings of not being good enough because our body doesn't look like what's in fashion at that Mm. period of time, acknowledging that not everybody is made that way. And quick disclaimer as well, we're not saying that skinny is bad. That's never been what the the sentiment around this has been. It's not if you are naturally slimmer or, you know, you are fit or whatever, that's a bad thing. We're not saying that at all. No way. It's just this idea that trends in society come and go and those trends shouldn't have anything to do with body size but over time they have and it's really really unfortunate as speaking as someone who did grow up in the late 90s and early 2000s and have battled my own body image issues and had really tough struggles with my relationship with food and my body even to this day, I have kind of bad body dysmorphia. Like I will be I you, the first to admit that. I you. <laughs> and I don't like it, but I'm definitely more aware of it than I was. And I'm so concerned about the next generation who are growing up with this idea of heroin chic and being as skinny as you possibly can. And yeah. it's not about nourishing your body or fueling your body or taking care of yourself. It's about this particular beauty standard, which isn't realistic for most people. 
And it's not healthy for most people either. Like your body can't sustain the habits that are required for most people to get to this particular point where they fit into society's idea of what is beautiful. I know. And I think it's so perpetuated by media and those kind of mainstream news outlets that are just like, oh, well, this will get clicks. Oh, this is clickbait. It'll get views. It'll Mm. go viral. And it's like they don't realize how many young, impressionable people, especially women, that are going to read this and then grow up like our generation did with this idea, this awful body dysmorphia, this idea that, oh, gaining a little bit of weight or being above a size eight is not okay Mm -hmm. or that it's cool to skip breakfast or to have tummy teas that make you and give you a flat – what is it? Flat tummy teas. That and, literally know. make you shit yourself. <laughs> literally. That is so dangerous. You could be, you can become insanely dehydrated and mm. very unwell. And there's so many health risks. I'm not as educated on that. So I'm not going to speak to it much further, but you and I are lucky enough to be educated enough to be exposed to the right kind of information to know, Hey, this isn't good. Mm. But then you start seeing so many brands and stores and we can probably do a separate episode on sort of women's clothing sizes but brands like Brandy Melville which Mm. five years ago I loved and that's because I fit into this stereotype of skinny or slim because I was Mm -hmm. a size eight and it's a one-size-fits-all kind of store for those who don't know what Brandy Melville is and there's just jokes and discourse especially on Mm. TikTok that oh well if you you can't fit through the single door that they have at Brandy Melville, you can't shop there. Or yeah. shops like Cook Eye. I have such a love-hate relationship with Cook Eye in Australia because I used to love it when I was slim and skinny and I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of body fat on me. And now that I've gotten older and I've changed, I feel shame walking in there because every mm. single person working there is really slim and skinny. And again, it's not to say skinny is bad. That's just their body type. And if that's how they are, I love that for them. I don't fit into that category anymore. So I feel ashamed because the store doesn't accommodate to people that don't look a certain way. And for Cook Eye or Brandy Mm. Millville, that's a size six to eight in Australia, which I think is like a zero to four in America. And it's, it's such a fine line to cross as well with this idea of, oh, well, media are talking about heroin chic so they're praising Mm. skinny but then I also can understand like you were saying before Stella that some people are just built small some people can't gain weight some people can't hold muscle so I get that and I'm not trying to offend or upset people and that's why it's such a hard conversation to Mm. have because at the end of the day it's just we want to promote loving your body and being healthy which sure if you're skinny yourself yes and heroin chic is not taking care of yourself yeah and that that's an important point to make the essential point of this whole idea is not shaming anyone else for looking different than no. a beauty standard or someone else not yeah. holding everyone to the same standard and acknowledging that everyone is built differently everyone has different habits even just two people can eat the exact same things and their body holds on to weight completely differently. Yeah. They could have the exact same fitness pattern and routine. They could get up and go to bed at the same time and have the exact same routine and look completely different because their bodies just process things differently. Literally. It's so frustrating to see, but it's also really nice that certain celebrities and influencers and people in the public space have come out and shared some of their experiences. Another person who did that was Karina Irby, who has her own 
body positivity bikini brand as well. Oh, we'll leave links to all of her stuff <laughs> in the show notes because she is amazing. I love her content. And Vicky Patterson as well. For those of you who don't know, she was on Geordie Shore, which is a whole big thing because that show glorified a really, really unhealthy and unsustainable lifestyle. And she acknowledges that as well. I've never actually watched it, but I trust you. I used to love that show so much. It's (laughs) so entertaining. But she has gotten quite candid in the past about the impact that being on that show had on her, her self-esteem and being in the public eye and having people looking at her constantly and scrutinizing her body. And she, like other members of the Geordie Shaw community as well in particular, have gone through this massive or had gone through this massive period of I'm super healthy and fit, I'm working out all the time, here's my workout DVD, rah, 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 rah. And she's speaking about what that was like for her personally and how that impacted her mental health and not just her physical health as well, but there was a physical health element of it as well. So I really appreciate that there are certain celebrities and people in the public eye who are being really candid and sharing their experiences with body image and how damaging these trends are. I think there's there's an influencer I, f- I follow quite religiously, Olivia Molly Rogers, who is an Australian. Mm. She's ex Miss Universe, and she's talked quite candidly in her book and in her content about her eating disorder and her struggle with that. I think since like age eleven or age thirteen or something. Wow. And I just hate how this has sort of come back up again. This idea of like, oh well, let's let's scrutinize women's bodies if mm. they're not a certain size, that's not okay. And it's just like enraging, and I. I just I, I have so many thoughts that aren't like collated and make no sense, but I'm just angry and I'm worried for the future generation. And I just, um, on the other side, I don't think it's necessarily the responsibility of these influencers or creators mm. or celebrities to have to change the world. But because the media outlets are fucking it up, they almost have to step in as like mm. control crisis Damage, that's not the word, crisis management, control damage. Damage control, crisis management. (laughs) Damage control, I got there, I had the words right. Um, Because otherwise young people are so impressionable Mm. and are going to read these headlines and be like, oh, I better start taking heroin to Mm. look skinny and not eat and weigh all of my food. It's like there are ways to be healthy. There are ways that you can lose weight to be healthy, but it doesn't have to be a, oh, well, I'm going to skip a meal. Oh, I'm going to run myself till I'm exhausted because I have to lose weight. Like I still, I didn't realize that this was, I guess, a a form of disordered eating, but Mm. I sometimes used to look at food and think, oh, okay, I had a a cupcake. Oh, I'm going to have to work this off now. And in my head, that wasn't something bad. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something alarming. And I, I literally had this conversation with my friend the other day, who's a dietetic and or dietitian nutritionist dietitian. oh my god she's gonna kill me for not knowing her job title nutritionist <laughs> I think she I think it's nutritionist not dietitian and she had made some comment to me being like oh you you shouldn't think of it that way you don't have to work mm. it off you deserve to enjoy food you deserve to live a good life and I was like oh this is what media has done mm. to our generation what is it going to do to the next totally and I think There are probably going to be a lot of people out there listening right now who really connect with that. And I know personally I do as well because I have had disordered eating for like a lot of my adult life. And 
it's difficult when it doesn't so much fit into anorexia or bulimia or what people Mm. expect of an eating disorder. Like I'm not binging and purging. I'm not restricting myself necessarily. Yeah. But what I am doing is associating a lot of emotion and in particular shame and guilt and judgment with Mm. food. And that in and of itself is disordered eating. And it's something that I am really, really focused on changing because it's not healthy, it's not good for me, it's not sustainable, both mentally and physically as well. And it's one of those things where it's so much more subtle when things don't necessarily fit into anorexia or bulimia, what people expect an eating disorder to look like, but realistically I think there would be a lot of people out there who do experience shame or guilt when they eat something and Mm -hmm. it may not necessarily result in them exercising a lot or something like that but even just having that emotional attachment to food and feeling bad when you eat something is not good and it's so easy for that to happen when the media is perpetuating this image about what is beautiful in today's society and that looking a particular way, which is, as we said before, a pretty unattainable beauty standard for a lot of society. And on top of that as well, like it's so exhausting to try and keep up with these beauty standards that are constantly changing. I mean, (laughs) even if you look at what was it, like five years ago or something like that with the Kardashians in particular and their massive butts and their boobs and, you know, hourglass figures, Kim Kardashian in particular. Yeah, Kim Kardashian in particular was Mm. a massive perpetuator or a massive starter of this trend, I guess. Instigator? Instigator, yeah. Let's go with instigator. (laughs) And now she's had her butt implants or her BBL reversed or whatever Mm -hmm. all the Kardashians have from the looks of things. They have been so influential when it comes to body standards and trends and even just having a look at them in such a short period of time and how their bodies have changed so much. So much. But they're still glorified for being the beauty standard. Yeah. It's exhausting to try and keep up with this, particularly when things change so quickly. And what about all of those people who changed their body in order to fit in with a particular trend and then that thing isn't trendy anymore? Like that's a massive stress to be putting your body under and not just physically but also mentally as well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also a component that needs to be acknowledged here for people who do change their bodies to fit in with particular trends, it is so exhausting to keep up. But it's always been something that has happened in our society. Like even if we look back, you know, throughout history in the Renaissance, the beauty standard was larger women because it showed that you were more wealthy and you didn't need to work and Mm -hmm. need to be on your feet and using your body physically So that was a beautiful standard. And then over time that's changed and things have fluctuated, but there's always been this consistent trend of bodies being a trend and coming in and out of fashion in society. And it's less so about the clothes that people wear because naturally there are 
clothes that come in and out of fashion as well. Oh, yeah. But what's most damaging is the body trends that go in and out of fashion. Oh, totally. And I think something we haven't touched on is the male side to this conversation. Totally. For the most part, and this is a very big generalization, that men don't typically have as much scrutiny on their mm-hmm. bodies. People glorify dad bods, which is – but if you see a larger woman with the same stomach, they're going to be like, oh, she's obese. Oh, she's plus size. But you see mm-hmm. a dad and they're like, oh, my God, I love a dad bod. Oh, my God, yeah, go – I know Leo DiCaprio or like Chris Pratt before he got mm. super ripped. And sure, there is there are still sort of negative conversations about male bodies, like, oh, they have to be ripped and jacked and super mm-hmm. muscular to be attractive. And oh, I don't want a skinny man. Or, like, oh, I, I don't want a bad dad one. I want, you know, like chiseled and abs for damn mm. days. So there's definitely that side, which I think is a similar equivalent to what we face as women. But it, mm-hmm. you look across history and it's never nearly been that bad. People look at women like they're objects and definitely less so as men. And like you said, they look at women's bodies like a trend, like it's easily changeable and it's not damaging. It's like, oh yeah, let's go skinny. Oh, let's let's go plus size. We love that. And then you look at men and they kind of can just get away with whatever and society for the most part doesn't really give a shit. And there's so much more work that has to be done from female creators, influencers, celebrities who have to fight so hard for women to be like, mm. hey, media, stop it. And you don't really see that on the male side of things. It is also important, though, to acknowledge that eating disorders and disordered eating isn't just a female issue. There are no a lot of males out there mm. who do have the same struggles. And it does also introduce a broader conversation of the male gaze versus the female gaze mm. and where these beauty standards come from in the first place, which we could do another episode on the male versus the female gaze because it's super interesting. But I think a a large component that it comes back to is, without putting my tin hat on too much, <laughs> it's about control and control of women and control of what women should be and how they fit into society and expectations Mm. that are put on women. And the same expectations aren't put on men. That's not to say that there aren't expectations put on men because I do empathise for all of the guys out there, but they're just different expectations that are placed on men. harsh overall. Totally. Oh, it's hard being a woman, honestly. It is. And it's hard being a man too. Like we true. will acknowledge that as well. This it's true. hard being a human in today's society. It's hard society. being a person. Surviving is, is hard. <laughs> being alive is hard. Oh. And you know what makes dealing with life easier? Talking about things with a mental health professional. <laughs> Hell yeah. We love a therapist. <laughs> we do. We do love our therapist here on It's a definite maybe. So as always, when we have topics like this, we will leave some resources in the show notes in case you need any assistance and would like to reach out to someone. And whilst you're checking out our show notes and getting up to date on all your resources, why don't you check us out on social media as well? We can continue the conversation there and we even have an email. So if you don't want to slide into the DMs, you can slide into the inbox. Make sure, as always, to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now as well. Really appreciate it. Feel free to share this around with your friends and family, everyone you know. You know, 
whoever you think this could be beneficial for. I don't know. I always end up blabbing on for too long during these outros. We will see you next week. (laughs) We'll see you next week as we talk about another topic that might not always have a one-size-fits-all approach on It's a Definite Maybe. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha ha ha.